Hey everyone, Sean and Dave here from Saturday Morning Cartoons. We need to thank the following amazing people for going to our Patreon account and supporting this show. So a huge thank you to Jack Connolly, Derek Haynes, Alex Kazanis, Jarmaine Myrick, Carson Clark, Allison Keane, Dr. Jason Woods, the wonderful Melanie Harker, the incomparable Sean Paul Ellis. Oh, and the phenomenal David Trumbor. Uh, thank you so much. Now, you guys might wonder why we are thanking ourselves and some familiar names of the podcast. It's because we want you to know that we not only appreciate your uh, donations to the podcast here, but we are actually putting in our hard-earned dollars as well. So to give you guys an idea of what you can actually get for some of these monthly contributions through Patreon, if you can't contribute any money whatsoever, we would love it if you guys would just visit patreon.com slash Saturday Morning Cartoons, remember that's morning with a U, and just share that link out among your social media uh, pages. That would help us out a lot and just get the word out there. If you do want to kick in a couple of bucks, you get some cool stuff back in return. So you may not know that we send out a monthly newsletter that not only tells people about upcoming news that we have going on, We've definitely got some cool stuff coming in the next couple of months here for you. But we'll also announce the upcoming list of shows that we're going to be covering. So if there's a cartoon out there that you actually like, you're going to get to hear about it in the monthly newsletter. Other than that, you also get special uh, thank yous in the newsletter. You get a special shout out like this one right here in each and every episode. You can get early access to weekly episodes, and you can also get access to our special behind-the-scenes rambling between Sean and myself. Oh, boy. Yeah, there's some gems in there, so you're going to want to check that out. Again, head on over to patreon.com slash Cartoons to do so, and thank you so much to everyone who is a current patron. Thank you to our patrons. Thank you so much for listening. And now, on with the show. Hello and welcome to Saturday Morning Cartoons, the weekly podcast that revisits, reviews, and ridicules some of the world's weirdest animated series. Coming to you from down in a hole, I'll be your trail guide, Dave Drumbore. Joining me as always, and arriving in his brand new Canyon Arrow, it's Sean Paul Ellis. How's it going there, bub? Ah, uh, David, 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 I'm doing well, buddy. How about yourself? I'm, I'm great, but you're going to have to speak up. You're like literally 12 feet in the air right now, and I can't quite hear you from up there. Uh, I'm falling at a rapidly accelerating pace, and so I'll be now down. You're down. Yep, you're here. Now I'm down. There yep. we are. Okay, much better. Thanks oh, so much oh, for that. God. Woo! Maybe this wasn't a great idea to just uh, head into this canyon without an actual guide, no map, no supplies, no nothing. <laughs> I don't know that it was a good idea to start this podcast while I was in freefall. Yeah, but I mean, you're here now, so I guess that's good. It's surprising that doing this podcast in this canyon, mm -hmm. and we still have Wi-Fi access, and right. we still have complete power, yep. uh, electrical power, and uh, you know the ability to do pretty much whatever we want. We've got an echo thing going on, but I think we're going to fix that in post, 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 if we can. 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 Thank you. So we'll, uh, we'll clean that up a little bit. Hopefully it won't bother you guys too much. I got I to gotta say, though, I've got a 127 hours kind of thing going on here. Um, I don't know if you can notice, but my right arm is firmly wedged in a crevasse or a crevice, if you will. Um, I, I mean, I guess we can continue with the podcast and it'll be fine. Well, Maybe by the we, time we're done, somebody will come down and help me. Well, let me throw this out here. Please. Uh, please I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you a saw like option right now. Okay. The movie saw like option okay. at this moment where I can either cut off your arm. The one similar, that's stuck, right? Correct. Not I can yet. also cut off the other one. But, I, yeah, I, mean, I just want, you know, just to clarify and make sure. Symmetry-wise, if you want to even it out, yeah, we might totally have to up do that. to you. Yeah. So we can cut off, from what I'm hearing, mm -hmm. both of your arms. Right, got it. 
or I can have you watch Crash Canyon, a cartoon from Canada. You know, I'd say tough choice, but that would be a lie. So you're going to have to go ahead and just take off those arms. I, I noticed he didn't say anything about anesthetic or, uh, you know, any of no, that. I'm, I'm just going to give you a rag with a bunch of ether on it and you can just <laughs> just, just huff, huff on it. it. Actually, huff on it. That's preferable. It's probably to not watching that bad. this terrible cartoon. <laughs> Jesus. Canada, I'm so upset with you right now. Guys, what are what is wrong with you, Canada? If you don't Come remember, we're, we're firmly entrenched in uh, Canadian Cartoon Month. Uh, last week, we kicked things off with raccoons, which was, was enjoyable, not terrible. It was fine. Uh, this week, however, down in a hole. Down in a hole. What's the next oh, line of that yeah. song? <laughs> Feeling I, so small? Is that it? Uh, is, is this as low as you can go? Something? Oh, man. This is... Guys, we are, of course, talking about this Canadian cartoon, Crash Canyon. Of course. And wow, what the... Canada, I love everything about you mm-hmm. with the little asterisks as a caveat of your cartoons. What is going on, guys? What is this thing? This is a more recent one, too. It doesn't even have oh. the benefit of being like, well, it was back in the 80s when everybody was coked up and nothing made sense. No, this is 2011. I don't want to steal yeah. your thunder. So, No, but I mean, like, in 2011, things could still be coked up, but they could be cohesive and make sense in terms of their thought process. But this show... Seems to almost be completely devoid of any and all logic. Which is weird, Fuck. knowing the pedigree of like the people involved with it. So why don't you lay some history on them? Guys, Crash Canyon is a Canadian animated series that premiered on Teltoon in Canada uh, in 2011 and was distributed globally by MTV. Joe Cohen, a Canadian living in Los Angeles while writing for The Simpsons, wanted to create an animated Canadian show with, quote, jokes only hosers would get. Canadian writer Tim Long of The Simpsons and Chuck Tatum of How I Met Your Mother also wrote scripts for the series. In 2013, Teltoon released a press statement saying, unfortunately, a third season of Crash Cannon is not in our plans at this time. The show ended March 3rd, 2013. Guys, that's probably the best... That's the best news that's ever come out of Canada. Was that was that March third, twenty thirteen press release? That presser. Holy shit! I don't know how it got a second season. I don't know how it even got made. (laughs) Uh, So we mentioned the name Joel Cohen. For any Cohen Brothers fans out there, this is not one of them. It's not that Cohen. Don't don't have a conniption. Spelled differently. Completely different person. So no worries about that. Uh, Fans of How I Met Your Mother. Shame on you. Fucking shame on you if you're a fan. Really? You don't like How I Met Your Mother? Oh, I do not like How I Met Your Mother. It's weird. In my head, I conflated this with the Big Bang Theory. I just did the same exact thing. Holy shit. That's really strange that we both did that. Oh, my God. Why did we both do that? Why? None of the words are even the same. I what do is like, wrong with us? I have no clue. I do like How I Met Your Mother until I did for the final a while. season. Exactly, yeah. 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 And obviously The Simpsons. Yeah, and I always enjoy The Simpsons. In fact, thank you for the Canyonero reference from The Simpsons at the beginning of this episode. Yes, we'll, we'll get quite a few of... Uh, we'll get into the Canyonero thing, and if you don't know what that is, we'll explain it, and I will kind of show why I brought that up. There's a couple things that I think are pulled from that. Oh idea and just just completely trash but if you want to know what uh what is the name of the show again crash canyon is actually <laughs> about <laughs> here's the synopsis so the wendell family was looking for an original holiday by caravan but their trip ends sooner than expected at the bottom of a canyon in alberta canada the canyon walls are too high to climb it and there is no way out 
Soon they find there is a whole community of 29 or 30 survivors from previous crashes down in the canyon. However, dollars are not accepted and they use golf tees as currency. That is a really weird synopsis, but for a really weird show. So I think that that's fine. Essentially, you have a family, Canadian family, on a road trip. They crash in a canyon, can't get out, and they are now in like a land of the lost full of other crashed survivors. I actually, I, I really like the premise of the show because it's kind of bonkers and kind of zany. And it opens up possibilities for like a bunch of weird characters. And it's, it's kind of a Land of the Lost comedy scenario. Right. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's like, it like a drama it would have worked better somehow. It's like a really bad drama. I guess it would have worked fine. Like a lost level kind of drama. But man, that's honestly like the only good thing I can say about this show. Have you heard about it at all? I had never heard of this. And I'm, I'm a better person for not having heard about it. And then so when I watched worse. it today, I'm mm-hmm. worse off. So thanks, Canada. We're much worse because <sighs> of you. Man. Uh, maybe does the theme song does the theme song save us at all? It, you know, I'll, I'll say that there are some some interesting points about it. It sort of okay. gives you the theme song is twangy. Yes, that's it's what the first I would say. word I have in my notes. Yep. It, it is uh, very twangy. It gives you a little bit of background in terms of what you're going to to see on the show. You get a very quick smash cut of a lot of the characters that are included that are at the bottom of the canyon, but. Again, you don't get an introduction, and there is a large cat. There's 25 characters that are basically just garbage tropes of other things that are around here that are playing off of bad stereotypes yep. through and through. So you really don't have an opportunity to meet, understand, identify some of these characters. But guess what? You're basically not going to do that during the show anyway. So why would you get it in the theme song that's only like exactly. 30 seconds long? Uh it's, it, I like I like the approach to it because, like you said, it's that twangy. It's kind of a pseudo country, jaunty tune kind of thing. It's it's very recognizable once you hear it. But what it reminded me of was the Canyon Arrow song from The Simpsons. Yeah. So if that reference doesn't make sense for you, I have no clue what season it was in. But the Canyon Arrow was essentially this giant SUV. All right. So in the world of The Simpsons, I, I, Krusty the Clown drove one. I think he was actually like the sponsor for it. <laughs> it was just like this massive like. Uh, two lanes on a highway sized SUV. And there was a fantastic kind of montage and song for it. And it's that same kind of tune and the same kind of approach uh, from the Canyon Arrow song that was used for the Crash Canyon, but just not even close to as good. The Canyon Arrow song is hilarious. You can still watch it today and it's just as funny as it ever was. This, this song, I had to listen to it a few times to try to get some of the lyrics because it's so bad and nobody cares about it, so I couldn't find them anywhere. Yeah. And I just wanted to like rip my face off by the end of this. Uh, or I guess my ears probably would have made more sense, dummy. But do you want some of the lyrics here? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hit me, with, hit me with some of the golden notes from this, this oh, theme song. God. Here we go. I'll do my best. So I'm not going to sing it. The family drive Aww. took a nosedive. Next stop, straight drop, something unintelligible. I could not hear what they said. <laughs> After that, there's no escape. Well, that's bad luck. So settle in. You're stuck in Crash Canyon. And they have this weird thing where there's like multiple voices layering over each other. Yeah. So somebody in the background says, home sweet home. The next verse is scream and yell, have a spasm, makes no difference to the chasm. I love that. And somebody in the background just screams, you living in Crash. Crash Canyon. (laughs) It's so bad. It's so bad. Like, again, I like the premise of it. And the, the episode that we watched, or at least I did, I need to make sure we watched the same episode. Um. 
it doesn't start with this theme song. So it starts with like the family road trip. And then once that action point happens, then it gets into the theme song. But if you pick it up after this first episode, the theme song acts as like, you know, here's what happened on a previous episode. And this is why they're in the canyon. So at least functionally, it's fine, but it's not memorable. It's not enjoyable. It's barely like literate to the point that you can't understand exactly what they're saying. And then, like you said, there's nothing to introduce any of the characters besides like, here's the family that crashed and right. here are the other people who crashed years ago. Yeah. Yeah. There was a, there's a moment at the beginning where I think it says like crash Canyon, how low can you go? I couldn't figure out what they said. And that, at first it sounded like, and now, you know, or down you go or how, how low, how low can, can you go? go? I have and no I, idea what they said. And for like two seconds, I really thought to myself, like, how low can you go in terms this, of this pretty set in the bar the, because this the, is pretty damn low in terms of how bad this writing is in terms of how bad this setup i mean like you said the premise for this is very interesting but sure. holy shit today execution's way off oh boy buddy oh, man. Boy, buddy well Any... maybe the maybe the animation style will have some saving graces what say you uh it's very familiar it's very accessible it's family guy it's canadian family guy and one of, the, one of the main gripes throughout, like, the YouTube comments, one of the YouTube comments says it's Family Guy meets 127 hours, <laughs> which I kind of, <laughs> I like that comparison because as someone who has watched both uh, and suffered through sometimes both, you have that, like, visceral experience, like, I don't want to be here anymore sometimes yeah. for either. Sometimes there's Family Guy stuff where, especially in the later seasons, where it's just like, I am done. Like, I can't. I can't anymore. If there's an episode that's like all references and all flashbacks and all meta stuff, it's just like, I, I'm just done, guys. It, it, I'd rather just cut my arm off with a, with a dull pen knife at this point. Right. I, I'd rather just become James Franco. <laughs> oh, God. No, I'll stick with the dull pen you knife. Sure? Arm off. You sure? Uh, you don't want to be James Franco? <sighs> I don't know. I like I guess, the, I like I the guess Franco. in his world of, of being James Franco, he's fine. But for everyone else around him who has to, like, witness james franco i'm just he's not my favorite i, I really want to see his uh his documentary his mockumentary uh, of the, room. the room looks great but looks fantastic yeah. but his like porn doc his porn series where he plays two different characters i don't think so oh really i didn't i was not aware of that yeah it's on hbo it's called the deuce i think and it's about like the rise of the porn industry in new york times square in the 70s oh, okay um and he plays like twins which that's hmm. two times too much james franco for me oh, okay thanks but well, no thanks fair enough Yep. Uh, I just always really wanted a being John Malkovich sequel with just being James Franco, and I wanted to hate Malkovich too. If I Do could, you know this? If I could, I did not know this. This is we're learning so much. Really, you hate I John Malkovich? Stand Mal I can't Holy stand Malkovich. Holy crap, dude! What was it? Rounders, where he plays the like Russian uh, gambler, yeah, and he's yeah. like always hanging around, hanging around. Fuck that accent! I, it's just grating. It's, I'd rather listen to your Jamaican accent for twenty four hours straight. Yeah, man. Damn it. <laughs> if you call it out, it's coming out, buddy. So I know, but there's... I'd prefer it over listening to Malkovich's fake Russian oh, accent. Oh, man. Uh, hanging around. Hanging around. Hanging around. What are you right now? I don't. I don't know. I'm so I love that this, this episode has veered <laughs> from Simpsons <laughs> references to James Franco cutting his own arm off to Malkovich being Malkovich. Mm. Uh, Anything to avoid talking about the cartoon. Yeah, pretty much. But yeah, uh, like the animation, it's, it's what? It's like a standard 2010 level flash animation. There's nothing new. It's not bad. It's not great. And it's nothing new. It's very kind of amateur looking. Yeah. Now, granted, way better than anything I could do, for sure. But if anybody's taken like an animation course, 
and you know flash animation and you can make your own cartoons you can do better than some of this the, the characters are like unique enough that you can tell them apart but they're not they're distinguishable but not interesting there's nothing interesting about the design of any of these characters like look at family guy peter griffin just looks like a giant just like a fat tub you can't miss him when he's on screen right and then you contrast him against his like his wife and then definitely like his kids especially stewie with the, the football head or look at the simpsons like they've got distinguished and interesting characteristics because guess what they're not actual human beings they're cartoons Wait, approximating what? humans yeah what but believe it or not yeah i know Just shaking my shaking my head and, and sean's got to recover off. from that cool. uh, epiphany <clears throat> but uh it j- there was just nothing interesting yeah well we, we we've we've begun kind of talking about some of these characters yeah. uh and sort of in reference to the art style do we want to dig into some of these characters I think the only other things I want to say about the animation style is a sometimes the motion is not super fluid. Oh, it's, it looks like they just some jank. It's jank. It's jank. It's jank. It looks like they took a paper cutout in like the foreground <laughs> and just like slid it across the screen. It was like <laughs> like if they wanted to do that, I'd at least be interested. Like that's kind of like a weird puppeteering thing. Like cool, we'll go for that. If, but no, it just mm. if it was character cutouts on popsicle sticks and then you were right. like stick stickly style popsicle sticks and just sure. moving shit around i'd still preferable I, i've you know what i'll be honest i've never seen that i right. would probably watch that yeah i don't know how you nothing make, else other than just be like this is so weird like well how is this working i don't know yeah. how you'd make it interesting i don't know how right. you would really actually animate it other than cutting back and forth between close-ups and wide shots so that you can have reactions and zoom oh my god i'm writing this thing i'm liking this sure. thing this is a fun yeah. thing maybe this it's already better yeah oh yeah, it's already better infinitely better the than other Crash thing Canyon. Yeah, the other thing that I want to mention is because of the premise, you have this potential to really open up the world of like the bottom of the canyon and really show like different areas of the canyon and how people have made their lives in it and how people have adjusted to it and built their own little sections out. And all you really get are a couple shots of like crashed vehicles. And there's nothing else to the bottom of the canyon that looks like interesting. You don't get to see any real like waterways or any creatures that live there or any kind of like shading or shadowing or. Anything that makes a place look either scary, welcoming, desolate, terrifying, nothing. You get no sense of like what it's like to live in the canyon, except I like the idea that they, they all, all the characters live in whatever vehicle they crashed in. Right. So if it's a plane, you've made the plane, um, whatever remains of it, you've made that into your house. If it's a coffee truck that happened to crash, you now live in a coffee truck or a mansion on a cliff. Right. Yeah. Well, I, it's also the fact that, you know, for, I, I don't like the fact that this, like, as we've mentioned, the premise is fun and interesting, but yeah. anytime that this show could get boring or hits like a, like a rough patch, they could just throw another character down into the fucking canyon and just be like, yeah. this is a new person with new thoughts and this is what they do and this is how they integrate. And you're, it, 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 it almost feels like as if the premise itself could be very rewarding to the show. And I don't like that. I don't want this show to be rewarded. <laughs> Yeah. in any way, shape, or form for having something that is clever and interesting and that we've never really seen or heard about before, but it's just so poorly fucking executed that it, 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 seems, it seems contradictory. Let me, uh, go ahead. Let me take this a step further. I'm going to save it. I'm going to save it for you. Okay. Save this All premise. Right. All right, get it. We're going to last man on Earth it. Okay. It's the first family to crash in the canyon, or at least in the first episode, we think they're the first family to crash in the canyon. Interesting. Because now you put the focus on that family you get to see the family drama play out. You get to see all the different character quirks when they're kind of like put under pressure and forced in like this shitty situation where they have to kind of like 
they're stuck with each other. They don't have access to the outside world. They don't have electricity. They don't have their Wi-Fi, their video games, their anything. I know, again, this sounds more like a drama, but you can make it fun. There, there's episodes of like Family Guy and Simpsons where they've gone camping yeah. or they've been stuck somewhere. And all the comedy comes from that tension between the characters wanting to like strangle each other, but having to survive and get through it. That's your first episode is them crashing, <clears throat> learning how to survive. That's interesting. And then event. Yeah, it's interesting. And guess what? You only get to meet like five characters at once rather than 25 at once. And you, so you only have five to focus on. You can actually develop. Them. And you can sort of begin to kind of peel back the different layers of yeah. everything that's in the canyon so that it, right. it's sort of as I know that we as used, they as they discover it, you discover it with. Them. I know that we right. used Land of the Lost, but, you know, in Land of the Lost, it was the family trying to figure yeah. out and defend. They met, I think, the Tyrannosaurus Rex, like in the first episode. But like, you're not yeah. fucking meeting the Slee Stacks right. in the first episode. You're not meeting whoever the like the indigenous yeah, people. Chick. Yeah, who I forget what Who's her name hot was. Chick that was she was just like fur bikini. Yeah, yeah. Now I just if you excuse me for a few minutes, I'm gonna go. Uh, Please don't. Let's research. let's pull the, let's back. pull this bandaid off and and make this, after this these messages. Up. We'll be right back. Woof woof. Woof woof. Oh man. Anyway, now we're back. God. I am so relaxed. <laughs> so, we have really gone I, off the I know, rails. We have, I know we have gone everything more, to a masturbation to joke, a, and this is where we're going. To avoid this cartoon. <laughs> um, again, it sounds more like a drama, but there is comedy to be found there, I think. And then guess what? Like, If you watch the first episode and you're with the family, maybe by the end of it you have a stinger where, oh, turns out they're not the only ones there. There are other people who have been there before, or whatever. Give me something more interesting than plopping them down here and finding that there is this like society that's already built and functioning full of just stereotypes because that's it. Yeah. And, and I don't have anything else on that right now. So if you want to jump into the characters, we can do that. Yeah, sure. Well, I would say the, the cool. one thing because you mentioned this and it could very easily segue into it. And the, the idea of, of being able to, to focus on the family and then sort of build this out because the first yeah. person that they meet is a character that's in a spacesuit. And so can you imagine them having to understand and figure out like who are these people in these like spacesuits and, yeah. and, and what is their deal? And, 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 or, or that's your stinger at the end of the first episode. And you're just exactly. like, the fuck? Exactly. <laughs> right. Especially when one's only two feet tall. Right. Yeah. Like, uh, but they don't, they just kind of go balls to the wall with all of this, with the hope that something that anything that they throw at you will stick. And it really and it doesn't. doesn't. And I none think of, most people does. agree. So let, let's start with the Wendells. This is the main family that we're talking about. They start on the, the family vacation. So it's unfortunately kind of like this stretched out montage of like the worst of the National Lampoon vacation series is kind of what this family is following. Now, I'll give it, I'll give it another like half semi-star. We are not Canadian. I don't know if we mentioned that. We're not Canadian, which is why we're watching Canadian tunes. This, the other... Part of the premise for this cartoon was that it was originally supposed to be for Canadians who grew up in Canada in various parts, and it was supposed to have like very Canadian elements that either Canadian viewers or expatriates living elsewhere would understand. So a lot of them probably went over our heads, but a lot of them are fairly similar to American things anyway, like the tourist traps. Um, that's kind of all I could really think of. I don't know, casual racism? Oh God! Uh, the casual racism. Gypsies and casual, other nations. Casual racism. The I got a The sexism. Sexism that, that yep. is in this. Uh, the uh, incest joke. Yeah, there's a lot of weird, bad things. Oh, going on. I like every 
I'm sorry. These things are not uniquely Canadian, but yeah, wow. Let's hope anyway. Canadian, er, can't, yeah, Canadia. Canadia found a great way to be able to fuck themselves on making these things garbagely unique to this show. That was a very subtle incest joke. I like it. Nice. What? You said they were able to fuck themselves. Oh, is it incest Done. if you fuck yourself? I mean, I don't know. I got to go watch and I got to watch that X-Files episode with the peacocks. I think that's just masturbation, Dave. That's what you just I mean, did I, five minutes ago. I guess. Let's ask, uh, who's it? Steve Bannon? Is that even the right name? Oh, man. Are we really getting po- anything to anything, anything we're getting other political than on this show. show now. Anything <laughs> to escape talking about this All right. shit show. Let's talk about the Wendells. White okay. family. The White Wendells. We can call them that. Uh, the head of the family is Norm. And he's essentially just a nerdy engineer. He's, he seems like a dad. He seems like a very typical dad. He wants the family to get together. He wants everybody to have a good time. But he's woefully inadequate at understanding what a good time is for normal people. So for him, he wants to go see these tourist traps. He wants to drive to like a mall where they show nothing but like road signs and weird wacky signs from around the country. Or he wants to visit like essentially like the world's biggest ball of yarn or whatever. Crappy stuff like that. I'm actually going to disagree with you on that about being able okay. to, to understand what is fun for the rest of the family. I don't think that he I don't think that he misunderstands the problem with the rest of his family. I just think that his family is so shitty that they're That's not true. that they're not willing to ever give him the benefit of the doubt to at least go along with something. Look, I I, I I don't know the intimate detail of your upbringing, Dave, but we've been friends a very long time and, and we both grew up in Pennsylvania. I, I think it's safe to assume that at some point you went on a family vacation and you probably stopped at a weird road stop and looked at like kitschy tourist crap. Like that's a universal thing that I think a majority of us have all gone through at some point in time. That's, right. I mean, that's a cultural USA reference point for a lot of our upbringings. And so I'm sure it's the same up in Canada too. Like I'm sure this is just one of those yeah. things where it's just like this is just a thing to do. Th- right. These tourist traps are everywhere, and, and especially on like major. I, I think yeah. the I think I I honestly want to say Norman as the dad is an optimist. He is yeah. very excited about stuff. He's an engineer and capable. He's probably right. one of the only characters I I legitimately liked in this show. Right. Um, yeah. He definitely is an optimist, and it's weird because he's paired against. It's not like Family Guy or Simpsons even, where the, the patriarch is this kind of like, kind of a jerk at times and really fucking stupid. This guy's the exact opposite. So it's kind of nice. Yeah. However, everyone that he's around is a piece of shit. Oh. So his wife is just like anger management issues out the wazoo. Like it becomes a joke between them how like physically and, and verbally abusive she is and how she's kind of the misogynist and she's also the racist and she's also the, like the jingoist it's a real weird pairing it's so uncomfortable um, her name is sheila yeah, she, she makes a comment very early on as they are getting ready like within the first couple seconds about is how this the first gypsy yeah joke? this is the first gypsy joke that yep. she says i wish that i could have choked them until their earrings pop out and it it, it just she's like oh i'm upset that they said that they painted their that they painted the driveway they essentially paid uh quote-unquote gypsies to pave the driveway but they just painted the dirt so she like scuffs at the dirt and it just the gray kind of gives way a that's not funny b it's a gypsy joke in 2011 maybe i don't know don't do that and then c i guess i'm on to like double down and like just follow up with just like violence against people who have traditionally been oppressed and well whatever 
the social conscious stuff aside, it's just not funny. It's not. Look, I'm, I'm, I'm here all day for things that are like poorly colored uh, jokes. If they're funny. Sure. If it makes you laugh, then it's like, ugh, it might be wrong and it might, be, it might feel bad to laugh about it. But I mean, at least you're still laughing. I didn't laugh. I had a laugh counter on this one. I think I made it to two. <laughs> I want to know what these two things are. So let's. Oh, I'll tell you. Uh, who else is in this shitty family? Uh, we've got Jake, uh, yep. who you can. He is a. I guess you could say he is an entrepreneurial attitude because he's all about money. And so, yep. you know, it's, it's such a hardship for him when he finds out in the canyon that they use golf tees like it's some Fallout 4 situation. <laughs> yeah, like bottle like, caps. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, instead of actually using uh, using money, because he's like, oh, but legal tender is so legal and so tender. He, he quickly, he, ugh, gross. He quickly like turns that around to his benefit, so he learns how to like scam people sure. and, and use the currency anyway. But he's one note. That's, That's it. it. That's the only thing you know about this character. Look again. I'll go back and save this. Even if everything started out with this shitty family. If by the end of it, you showed them cooperating and, and getting over their differences and working together to actually like fucking survive, fine, I've seen some growth in this family. Maybe you all aren't complete waste of space. So maybe there's something worth watching these characters about. That is not the direction they chose no. to go. All right. Uh, who else is in this shit? We've piece? got Roxy, who is the daughter, mm-hmm. overdramatic teen. Yeah, what a surprise. Yeah. Always on the phone, super selfish, self centered, doesn't care about anybody else but her I, other friends and what they I would doing actually say that that last line about, uh, you know, over self-indulgent applies to almost everybody except for Norman. Yeah, pretty much. It, mm-hmm. Everybody in this show is so obsessed with their own deal that none, like none of them feel like they are working together. None of them feel like they have any empathy for one another. They're all stuck in the same garbage situation. Right. And it just seems like everybody is just constantly uh, self-absorbed and just a dick. And look, we're not ragging on the premise or even the characters necessarily. It's just that if you're going to do that, at least be yeah, funny. Get just comedy. be funny. Ugh. Just be funny if you're going to go in that direction. Even, even Vernon, who I'd imagine is their like, Americanized cousin because he's like 300 pounds and a complete slob. He's not funny. Not funny. Not a single... Everything that came out of that character's mouth for this pilot episode was offensive, yep. dumb. Yep. Uh, not, again, nothing was fucking funny. No. You can be offense, offensive and dumb. Peter Griffin, very offensive. Homer Simpson, very dumb. Both very funny characters at yes. times. This was, like, it, this was like they found the trash piles for all the Family Guy and Simpson scripts that failed and they did not use because they weren't funny. And they were like, done. Writing's done. It's all right here. This is gold. Let's use it. <laughs> it's gold, Jerry. It's, it's gold, gold, Jerry. Jerry. Uh, are there any other, like, Canyonites? I guess that's a thing. That you wanna you wanna mention or talk about? Sure. Here? We we meet a fair amount of them, or even briefly. Can you want me just to gloss over them very quickly? Uh, you can gloss. Yeah. So we've got because that's what they do in the yeah, show. We've got uh, Colonel Colton Steele, uh, who is the yep. astronaut. I don't remember what his little monkey friend's name was. Private Lippy. Private Lippy, great. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. There is uh, Felita. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, who, what's her who, word? Guess what? I've got her here. I think it's just Frida. Is it Frida? I think it's just okay, Frida. Frida. Uh, she has been married a bunch. Yeah, how do you know uh, that? Because every single line, she's like, oh, just like my third husband, just like my second husband, just like my fourth husband. Shut up. And it, it, always, it always comes from like, hey, look at that rock. It's pointy and unforgiving. Oh, just like my sixth husband. 
like, oh, okay. Dude, that is such a, Every time with the husband jokes. a really tired joke. Tired? Just Got like it. my seventh husband. Oh, Frida, Jeez, I, get it. I, mean, I get it. You're wearing me out. Shut Frida. up. Uh, we get a biker who hates cops. We get a woman who's spitting on briefly. a... Briefly. Yeah. Wait, briefly. This is all like, like in like an introduction they just walk you through this town they're like oh there's earl the biker who's like yeah he's like etching i hate co- kill all cops fucking kill all cops in a in a piece of steel or something like haha that's, is that funny? no canadians it's not uh, oh okay. we get a sarah who is the canyon mm-hmm. class president yeah she's like the main tour guide she's the one that we get the most kind of insight into she's also like the only one that's like optimistic and decent other than norm right. We get a woman who's evidently married to a bear, and she's spitting at the bear, telling him to not have feelings and to clean the RV that she's spitting on for lubricant as a here's, cleaning supply. Like, what is, is, there, look, is there saliva? Is it, uh, is it fucking Windex? Is it Rain-X? I don't know. What is this? Look, the, the premise of these two characters was something that probably started as like a genuinely like funny idea. Like, it was an old lady. And then she like partners up with this bear. Voiced by a man. It's bear. an old woman voiced by a man. So yes. it's got and then that, the bear got that kind of like voice like got that kind of gravelly. Yeah. Uh, and then the bear, she presumes, ate her husband. So now she is like the bear is now subservient to her because it acts like her right. husband. That's in a really goofy, zany way. That that there's some funny things you can mine there. But she's just like an absolute dick to this bear. Yeah. And the bear, for whatever reason, like goes along with it. But at the same time, it's just kind of sad for the bear. It's not really good or funny for anyone. Yeah. Just bear sad. Uh, we get a bartender who has a, who's a ventriloquist who has kind of like a dummy, you know, yep. which, you know, is like a Jeff Dunham style character. Oh, and he's an Indian ventriloquist, too. So he's got a completely unpronounceable name. Yeah. Uh, we get. Because that's hilarious. We get Sid Butane. Uh, yeah, here we go. Who is uh, your introduction to him is he's uh, he's snorting ants. And I guess it's like a, it's a Sid Vicious style character yeah. from Sex Pistols, uh, yep. you know, and so he, he, popular song that he had was called I Want to Punch a Rainbow. Uh, and if you're, if you're wondering, man, I would love to see a music video for that. You're in luck, because if you make it to the end of this episode after the credits, they actually have Oh, are one. you serious? Yeah, you didn't I bailed. I bailed hard. I stuck with it. Uh, I think I was just taking notes and it happened to just play on. And I was just like, oh, they actually made a music video for this because they thought it was going to be the funniest thing in the world. No. It's not. He breaks into an apartment, kidnaps a leprechaun, I think, and then punches the rainbow that's sleeping on his what? couch. And then the rainbow dies. I think he executes it in the street. Are you, are you then, kidding me? No, I'm not kidding you at all. He actually even gets in a fight with like his bandmates because he's like, like envisioning hallucinating rainbows coming out of their neck or like their head. So he just starts punching everybody. I think he executes the rainbow, and then there's a literal rainbow funeral where other rainbows show up to see the rainbow in the coffin, and then he runs in and jumps in the coffin and starts punching the dead rainbow. This is the thing that happened. (sighs) Again, it's like, I can see where a bunch of weirdos sitting around, hopped up on whatever drugs, were like, yeah, this is hilarious. It's not, but I can see where they thought that it might be. It's just not. Sorry. Who else you got? Uh, I think the last grouping is the, the family called the Manderbelts. The only other person I want to add is there's a guy named Coma Steve. Oh, yeah. Who's a guy who's literally just on a stretch Guys, of a coma. Guys, Coma Steve. Comas are hilarious. Comas are funny. Prime time for comedy. Holy crap. All right, you want to talk about the Manderbelts? Yeah, Manderbelts are just a, uh, they're a rich couple. They are, uh, they are. A- I, will, I will say 
interesting choice to make them black. I, I thought that as well. I... Because they were like the reigning family of this society. Because they happened upon like this. Well, they were uh, in the process of moving. They trailer. were moving their yes. uh, their mansion. Mansion. And they were coming around the same bend as everybody else, and you know, fell into said crash canyon. And the house is sort of perched up above everybody. So, I mean, it's it's an yeah. interesting thing in terms of status to see them sort yeah. of lording over everybody. Go ahead, Dave. They also happened upon, I think it crashed on like their quote unquote property. I don't know. They don't really explain it. A crashed tractor trailer of golf tees. Yeah. So the Manderbilt then decided, well, we own these golf tees. Golf tees are now currency. So that's how that came about because they essentially owned all of it. So they controlled the flow of quote unquote money. And that's stupid, but whatever. I, I like the idea that they made that it was a black family that was in charge of everything. However, when you make a black family that's in charge of anything, of everything, and make them complete dicks, and complete like social misfits. Anything that you've tried to do from like a racial equality standpoint, it's out, out the, the window. window. It's gone. Completely totally out the gone. I mean, now I'm not saying like people of any color or any race or religion or whatever can be dicks as often as they can be good people. You shouldn't make, you know, you shouldn't look to be inclusive and then only make <laughs> whichever minorities you want to good or bad people. It's just that everybody in the show is a dick. So it doesn't matter who's in charge of who, honestly. And like, and we, and, and if you're confused by this, we've had cartoons recently. We've had cartoons that we've watched where we've had terrible people that have been around one another being terrible, but that was entertaining and enjoyable to watch. We talked about case in point, NASCAR racers, all the people that were on NASCAR racers were terrible to each other. They shamed one another constantly. Granted, it's a bad cartoon again. But we dipped the we hell, dipped the hell out, of out of NASCAR. But, but it made sense within the context yes. of the show for the most part because there was supposed to be competition between yes. racers and teams. In thi- and also cyborg in, men. In this, yeah. there are no cyborg men, or at least that we know about no. at this point. <laughs> as far um, as I know. Don't yeah. worry. I don't plan on continuing to watch to find out if there is cyborg men. The, Never there's again. no perceived competition. There's no race. or There's nope. no construct that they would have to compete I'm sure that there's probably like some type of a Canyon Games episode that they have. Ugh, I hate that I just said that because <laughs> I guarantee that there's a fucking episode where that happens. And I'm so frustrated yeah. because I guarantee they goofed it up. The Canyon uh, Games. God. Yeah. So, so, so let's, let's hit these Manderbelts there. We've got Reginald. Yeah. He's the owner of Manderbelt Industries. He's a husband and father. We don't really get a lot from him other than that he's just kind of a stuck up. Well, jerk. and I'll say... The reason that you understand that he is a stuck-up jerk is that he almost immediately from the get-go insults his daughter. and yep. Who's the only decent member of this family, right. by the way. And so they, they mention, like, I, I won't get into, we'll, we'll do the other members of the family in a second, but he, he kind okay. of digs into the fact that, you know, oh, my daughter, uh, you know, so very unattractive, uh, hopefully... The goal is with enough plastic surgery, she'll one day finally be acceptable to be able to be out in society. And he opens a door, and now, granted, of a yeah, closet. a closet, but there's a picture on the outside of the closet that has her photo on it, and she looks like a normal, lovely black woman. And then yeah. she reacts in a way that was actually, that I, I think, it wasn't funny, but I was just like, oh, thank God somebody has a reaction on this show. Where right. she's like, oh my god, you opened the door, is it my birthday? And then he immediately just slams it, and you're just like, well, that was, an op- that was such a, a missed opportunity for anything, at any point in time. It was, 
it was it was both a rip of like a Harry Potter and a rip of Meg from Family Guy, but then they didn't do anything with it. Now, granted, later on in the show, she becomes like the only decent member of the family. So she actually does make friends with some of the other kids, and she's like a redeeming factor of this family. Sure. But like, again, not funny. You just, you guys are just yeah. dicks. So, it's not so we have Reginald, we have the daughter that we're introduced yep. to. As, Christine. As, yeah. That's almost a throwaway, but should have been featured yep. prominently in this episode as somebody who was like, who was actually interesting and not crappy. We have the mom. Yep. Can you tell us about the mom, Dave? Let's talk about Beverly. Ugh, Beverly God. Manderbilt. Uh, it's not bad enough that she's like snobby and arrogant. She also is like really into her oldest son, Royce. Yeah. And not just in like a way where it's just like, oh, he's so handsome. Not just like an over fawning mother where it's like he could do no wrong and he's the best and he's the sweetest. She straight up says, if I was 10 years younger and not his mother, and then she just kind of like growls like a, like a jungle cat. It's just like, what the fuck? Like, what are you setting up here? And why is this supposed to be funny? It's not. Yikes. Guess what? Surprise, surprise. It's not funny. Incest joke. But he is very handsome. Ugh. He's very Christ. handsome. Yeah. It was not good. Let's talk about, let's talk about Bjorn. Well, what about... Uh, Bjorn and Princess? Yeah. Oh, you want to talk well, about the they, other kid? They had one other kid that is their youngest. Vaughn. Yeah, Vaughn. Uh, he comes out for two seconds, uh, makes a jerk comment, and then throws... And, and this serves as a segue for Bjorn. Uh, throws himself into their Swedish butler's crotch. Like head headbutts him. him, like launches his body, <laughs> Olympic style, just like mm-hmm. swan dive, canyon yeah, canyon style. game style, yep. canyon X game style, into Bjorn's crotch, head first, bounces off uh, after insulting uh, the Norman um, mm-hmm. and Sheila and his wife, yeah, and, and, and and there's no reaction, and nobody says anything, and that's it. You're just like, oh, kid just runs yeah. off. Yep. That was I. So so yeah, we've got Bjorn who never says anything. He's the like Norwegian servant for this family. That's all we get. Um, and then there's Princess, who is a two-legged cat, and the cat apparently has two like gilded kind of like false legs, like little peg legs, that were injured and broken in the uh, crash from the Wendell right. family. So now if there's look, if I know my comedy, it's having a disabled animal being repeatedly disabled from uh, consequences of the people you're supposed to like in this show. That's hilarious. Oh, right? it, wasn't, it wasn't the fault of us. It was gravity. Oh, God Stop damn it. it. <laughs> There's nothing funny No, like, Nothing's funny. I apologize to everyone out there who's still listening to this because we've yet to hit anything funny. But <laughs> I think that's about it for the characters. So let, do you want to get into the joke sure. counts? Let's, I've got some joke counts joke for counts, you. Buddy. All right, I got a gypsy joke count. Uh, I got a count of three. Oh, really? I had two. What did you have for the other? Uh, I can't. I mean, we had. The, I can't remember yeah, what the third right. one was. No, because I didn't write that down. <laughs> so, somewhere between two and three gypsy jokes, which is between two and three more than you need in any show right. ever. Uh, I've got one straight up minority joke that didn't count as like another joke, but now I can't remember what it is. Oh, anyway. I have. Uh, well, I have one um, from uh, Vernon or from Vern. Yes. Uh, where this is this is immediately after they crash, where he just yes. goes, "Nice driving, like some kind of minority." Yes, you know the one I'm thinking of, and it's yeah, just like that was probably just the one. Die, just die. Just general minority joke. That's not even specific enough to like be funny in any kind of way. Not that those are anymore, 
just because they're so old. Like, look, if you were if you were in the 70s or 80s or listening to like Andrew Dice Clay or Ooh. listening to like George Carlin or somebody, like whatever. If you like that style, and those are the jokes that you want to hear, yeah, you probably hey, laugh. Somebody call for so somebody call for the Dice point. Man. Hey, Hickory Dickory Dack. Yes. <laughs> the Dice Man yeah. coming. But but funny 30 years right. ago or 40 years ago in some cases. Not anymore in 2011. Sorry, Vernon. Uh, I've got at least one disability joke. I've got four jokes for various nationalities. I've got three flashback jokes, none of which were funny. Some people like the German Shepherd one, thought it was pretty stupid. I've got one <laughs> religious joke, and I've got two times that I laughed. Two times that I what laughed. Were the two, what were the that two times? It. So within the context of the show, the first time I laughed was when they mentioned Cannonball Harris. And I actually thought that was kind of funny. It's a real dark yeah. humor, but it's funny. And the second one Did was you, when... Do you remember uh, the, for Cannonball Harris what it had on his like little stone that was next to him? Uh, I can't it said, remember. Like, it said a husband, memorial. father, and projectile. <laughs> and projectile. Yeah, like that, that, was, was, that funny. was funny. It was like really super morbid, which we'll talk about in a second, but it was yeah. funny. The other time I laughed purely out of spite is when the drill, which we'll talk about, destroyed Roxy's cell phone at the end of the day. Yeah. Like everybody, she landed and everything was fine, but the phone got destroyed by the drill. I was just like, ha! Serves you right. I hope you all rot in the bottom of this canyon. So it was a spike okay. laugh. So technically one and a half laughs, I guess. So I wanted to, you oh. mentioned about sort of the, the cut to humor and nature of this show. Yeah, the so, flashbacks. Yeah, uh, yeah. So this is, a, this is a very common practice. And if you guys have ever watched any Family Guy after episode, you know, you know exactly what we're talking about when we say cut to. It's where they, yep. they tee up a joke, then they go and they show you exactly what the joke is and that maybe yep. the punchline goes on for like another beat. Uh, super Or something unexpected. Super, yeah. super uh, simple setup to kind of knock everything down, especially because what they do is they tell you the funny thing that they're about to show you. And so in your brain, you're just like, oh, that's an interesting thing that I've never seen. And then you see it, which is rewarding to you as a viewer because they baby birded right. you at that point. Like they've just, they've spoon fed you all that you can get. And or they'll set it up in a way that in your head you see it happening one way, and then if they're really clever about it, they'll, they'll flip it, twist it. And so they'll either know exactly what you're thinking, and then they reverse it in some way, which they, they do with the German sure. Shepherd uh, joke here. And it was like, okay, but not really funny. Um, they flip it that way. And Family Guy was good at it for a few seasons. And then after that, it's just got hackneyed and just. And I, I will say this for anybody who's out there because we're trying to talk about anything else other than Crash Canyon tonight. <laughs> If you're yeah. looking for a show where you're just like, hey, I don't, I like the same humor from Family Guy, but I don't like all the cut twos, just go watch American Dad. American, I was American, Dad, say American Dad, which this has a lot this in, has common, a lot in yeah. common. So they're, American Dad does a great job of like, not teeing up those things because what they do is an anti joke. They make you, they will tee up something. And then they make all those characters sit in that awkward comment and stew. Now, that's, that isn't to say that it's always the case, but I'd say almost nine times out of ten, they do not cut away, which is super rewarding because it gets very yeah. awkward. So I wanted to point out some of the cut-to jokes that they had in here because, Please because do. It, it, there, there was something that was the one thing that I think in this whole show, other than the Cannibal Harris thing that made me laugh, was in one of these cut-to's. And it's not, okay, it's not, the, one, it's not the one you think. So the first cut to that we hmm. had was for, uh, was a joke about gravity. As we mentioned, they, they fell, their license plate splinters off. It, it injures Princess, this cat, you know, uh, disabling right. and all. Shatters her yeah, wooden disabling legs. Disabling a disabled yeah. cat already. 
Uh, Hilarious. And so uh, we've got Norman who makes a comment saying, well, you know, I've had, I've had bouts with gravity before where he's outside of a Don and Cherry's, which looks just like a Ben and Jerry's ice cream. And he has like a double scooped cone of ice cream. And then it just falls on his shirt. And he just goes, oh, my shirt. And then, as we've mentioned with the twist, they have the sign from above it, which is like a big ice cream cone, falls on him. And he goes, oh, my spleen. And you're like, oh, okay. It's a good, yeah, good effort. Cool. All right, at least you know, you're, the, you're doing The key thing it. about some of this times is that, you know, we've mentioned this before in the show, comedy really comes in threes. So if you're going to do, ah, oh, my shirt, ah, oh, my spleen, like throw in one more thing to try to establish that pattern. Also, right. nobody knows what a spleen, nobody knows what your f- and it's, you spleen know, it's another word that, like, Jerry Lewis, R.I.P., like, it's one of those things where it's like, spleen used to be a funny word because A, nobody knew what it was, B, nobody ever said it, and C, it just found, yeah. it sounds funny. It's fine. But that was like when you're, like, a little kid and you hear it for the first time. It's probably the only time you're going to laugh at the word spleen. Unless somebody really clever comes up with a way to, like, make it funny again. Crash cannon? Not it. Nope. So, nope. the, uh, I'm looking for the... the... Was the second yeah, one German the... Shepherds? Because the third one was the right, kid right. with the ear. Oh, no, it wasn't. Oh, that's the one that I have. No, right no, no, no. There's, there's one no, in between no, two and three, one. which is the one that made me, which is the one that made me laugh. Okay, cool. So cool. we have the, we have the second one where it's about Sheila and her anger management problems, talking yes. about how the, she was, she was so mean one time that she bit a German shepherd, which shows a German shepherd, uh, in front of. So in your mind, right? So set this up. Like in your mind, she's biting a dog. Right. She's biting a dog that is known to bite other people as like a police dog sure. or whatever. I, I, need, I need everybody out there to know that explaining jokes is the funniest way to tell a yeah. joke. So I'm glad you guys are out there listening and laughing. We are along so with us. sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Apologies. <laughs> so we have this moment where sort of the camera pans uh, away from just the German Shepherd kind of facing. Right. Uh, I, I, was it the two children? I yeah. think so. And it was like exactly. growling and, and she like steps in between them and you think that's when but the joke's going to happen. Jumps but she jumps over to an actual German person who is a shepherd. Yeah, he's wearing like, like a... Like Lederhosen. Like a, like a sound of music right. kind of, yeah. And so, uh, sh- and she bites him and he, he makes like right. a, a, a typical hilarious German phrase. And I was just like, it was so, it was so bad and so cliche that I, I just... It was like, all right, still, they're, they're yeah. trying. Like, they got the general idea. It's just not yeah. great yet. So... Maybe the next one. So... At some point, we've talked about the Manor Belts. Uh, we've talked about the accidental, with the effort and help of gravity, disablement of Princess this cat. At some point, yes. when they go over to apologize before they have plans to leave the canyon, uh, during this apology, Sheila gets very upset, the, the wife. She excuses herself to the bathroom, and then once the conversation's over and they feel that it kind of went well, she makes the confession. She's like, that actually did go pretty well. And I, I sort of feel bad for the fact that I did what I did when I was in the bathroom. And, and you, like, and oh, you think you in your do? brain, you're just like, maybe, maybe she upper decked them. I was thinking she just like feast yeah, everywhere. in the sink or something like that. Something, a- just feast it. Feast it? Is that a feast, feast it? it? I'm. I've it heard is it, now. and I'm using, and I'm she using feast. it. Put it in my little pocket. But <laughs> <laughs> nice. the, but that feast right in my pocket. Word, I just want to see the word feast, feast? come up in a tweet somewhere. F e c e apostrophe d feast, feast it. Oh, she feasted. So, uh, 
they make a comment about the fact earlier in the episode about these uh, these things that Norman has worked on, which are these coffee machines, coffee machines. that explode yeah. at certain points. Uh, and they, he's like, man, I, all the all the details from the lawsuits, so I couldn't figure out exactly why they explode, but it happens when they say twelve right. o'clock. So you come to right. pan over and you see that they have attached a coffee maker, which for some reason they happen to have. It's also yeah. enormous. It's gigantic, and it's also next to a enormous cat house that they have that's outside yeah. and so obviously the idea is that they want to blow up this cat and so they they cut to three instances of uh like you know a, a person at home and like it explodes they cut to then uh a group of people who are sort of i think they're they're at a an explode an explosive survivor kind of support group okay. where uh, where it explodes, and they, in a panic, they all run outside, and outside of that building is a place called Coffee God, that's like yeah. a store, and then that thing explodes as well. That was the one laugh where I was like, I didn't see that coming, and I was happy that they hit that comedy rule three, and they twisted it slightly at the end, and I thought the idea of a, like, an expl- like an explosive support group, I thought that that, I was like, that's something I've never heard of or I've never seen before. I was like, that was unique enough of a joke we're good yeah. on you. That w- it wasn't funny, but I've never seen it before. It got a little chuckle out of me. Okay, I mi- I missed that it was like an explosion explosion survivors yeah. support group. I missed that. So that's kind of funny. However, these things also kind of have to make sense. They either have to be so absurd that they're hilarious by the principle itself, or they have to be so commonplace that you see an absurd thing happening within them, which sets right. up the comedy. Right. To like walk out and just see like a giant display with a bunch of coffee pots all time to noon and it's a place called coffee god that just it just didn't make sense like it, it wasn't even absurd enough but it also didn't make sense so that when that blew up it kind of like deflated anything they had set yeah. up before that so eh, and then to your me. point i think you mentioned this the the final cut to was the fact that they're talking about somebody with i with a melted, melted ear. ear and then they cut to somebody like at a school locker in a high school but like not a flashback. This was like a like a contemporary right. cut too. Like a like a like a, at the same right. time. He was like, well, so that's the challenge with a lot of these cut twos is that like you're either cutting to the past, you're cutting in some cases to the future, which is a really is a very it's a that's really a tough, tough one to off, do yeah. uh, because so much can go wrong in between whatever the present day call to the cutback is or the cut to uh, and yeah. that point in time that they've now created in the future. Because if it doesn't pay off, then it's a missed joke, and then. Like Futurama is one of the few that can get away with it, and then like maybe two episodes of The Simpsons sure. about it. But then, as Dave's yeah. mentioning, there's also a cut to that's sort of like at that exact same moment in time, and so yep. uh, that's what this one is. It, it's it's a but it's so wrong. It's, it's it's just it's it literally like I forget, I forget was it Roxy who said she's something about like it creeps me out as much as that kid at yeah, school melted, with the melted ear and he turns ear. around and it's melted ear and it sounds like greased up deaf guy from Family Guy and he's like somebody right. say my name cause my ears are ringing no, my burning. ears are burning you're like oh. and that's supposed to be the joke uh, ex- again we've, we've mentioned this in terms of some of these jokes in terms of the setup is that you know as Dave and I have mentioned it's sometimes it's it's taking you to that place with that cut to and then showing you something different setting an expectation and then flipping it in this one it was just setting an expectation and just literally showing you a melted ear which is just i'm sorry it's just like if it sounds funny to you 
that's cool. I can understand why you would say that, because I've never seen somebody with a melted ear on the side of their face. I hope to God to never see anybody <laughs> with a melted ear on the side of their face. But, like, it's not, it's not a funny visual, and it's not a funny joke. And then to have him just say, my ear's burning. burning, like, that's... Who? No. Man. <laughs> guys, rough, if these, guys, are, if these are jokes that quote-unquote only hosers will get, what the hell is wrong with you, Canada? Everything in this is incestuous. It is, it is yep. putting down people with disabilities. It is putting, putting down minorities. Religious it's, people. There's a Jehovah's Witness joke. It's playing into you the know. worst garbage tropes that are out there. And, and, and it's, it's old not and it's funny. not funny. I will, Look, you can pick on whoever you want, but be funny I, about it. It's I will asking. 100% take an offensive joke that's funny. Yeah. Over something yeah. that is, or that even makes me like just like sit up and just be like, oh I've my ne- god, like I can't believe yeah. they went there, or I've never exactly like I've never heard that, I've never seen that. Nothing. Something. This show delivers nothing. on nothing of that. Even okay, we're not going to pull apart the plot because there's really not much to it. They crash, they meet people, they try to get out. That's it. That's it. Even like even them trying to get out of the the canyon, it wasn't. I didn't funny. care. Like, that's your. I didn't care. And the fact that it kind of almost worked, I was like, who gives a shit for the next 50 episodes or whatever? Like, they almost just did it. Like, tomorrow, wake up, do it again, because it almost yeah. worked. If your daughter wasn't a shit, it would have worked. So what they essentially do is the, the dad engineers this, like, metal kind of, like, hang gliding cl- kite. I don't know what a kite is. He makes a, he makes a kite. It's a kite glider. <laughs> it's a kite. It's a kite. So, yeah, exactly what I meant to 100%. say. 100%. Um, so he makes a clite, <laughs> makes the world's first clite. I really hope that's not a slur for any. I'm in an there. urban dictionary right now. <laughs> Yikes! Between between feast and clite, I think we're good for tonight. So he makes this clite, and it's attached to an electric drill, and the electric drill is powered by the solar panels that are like on the on the clite. I guess I don't exactly know how it worked, but whatever. So they fly this clite up to the canyon wall as far as as far as it can go, as much uh, cord length as they have where the drill drills itself in to the wall. And then they're able to climb up this cord or this rope, fly the kite, and do it all again. And it's stupid as fuck, because like a, a cordless drill or a, or a handheld drill is obviously not going to be able to like support your weight. But whatever, who cares? It's a cartoon. What's hilarious is that, and by hilarious I mean not at all, is that it actually works. It's the only reason that this thing fails is because the, the daughter Roxy is too impetuous and too impatient she tries to do it herself without too, her dad's guidance. Too self-absorbed in her own emails, text messages, <clears throat> and high school bullshit. Well, and that's the thing. Because she gets up to the first ridge and it actually works. And you're looking and you're like, well, okay, they're going to get out of the canyon and the show's over. Like, there's nothing else that could go on. Good. So obviously, you know that's not going to happen. Right. Exactly. So obviously, you know that's not going to happen or there wouldn't be a premise. So what's going to happen to screw everything up? Well, it's her self-involved status. She gets a signal on her cell phone. Just starts downloading text messages and emails and all kinds of shit and becomes self-involved in which boy is over at the, the swimming party and which girl he brought with him and who said what about whose hair and all this bullshit. It, it's like you can make that funny in a character or you can do what this show did and just make you hate that character yep. even more. And then you have all these kind of like non sequiturs and things that don't even add up within the, the, the rules that you've set up for the show. So like, she eventually, the, the ridge crumbles beneath her and she falls, presumably to her death. At the same time, as we're watching her fall, we're watching her younger brother selling tickets and t-shirts and paraphernalia to people for, for golf tees. 
to basically watch her try to climb or watch her die, his own sister. Again, not funny, but at least we're getting to see, oh, we get a reminder that this kid loves money and will do anything to get money. So that's fun, I guess. Now, at the same time, what are the parents uh, doing? The parents, as we mentioned, uh, Sheila had strapped that bomb to the side of Princess's cat house. Uh, of course. They make reference that as they're trying to defuse the coffee machine from exploding, uh, that they've got a red and a blue wire, and that if they... Of course. If they pull the blue wire they're in trouble if they pull the red wire they're saved princess the cat comes up with its little feline mouth pulls the blue wire whole cat house inside of the cliff evidently explodes but it sends yeah it made zero sense about the yeah, location you of this still thing. are very uncertain about where everybody is in terms of their geography so go ahead a, a real quick thing at this point since the cat's legs again fake legs had been broken uh, Norm actually affixes wheels to them, so the cat is now able to move around more easily. So everybody's like, cool with that, and they're like, oh, thanks, Norm, maybe we can get along just fine here. So the cat's mobile right. again. But then it literally explodes, like they show, they animate the cat in like an x-ray um, version of it with all its bones and an explosion star around it. So I'm like, that cat is fucking dead, because this thing detonates right next to everybody. So like, everybody should be dead, but at least that cat should be yeah. crispy. Guess what? Surprise, surprise. Cat's not crispy. Everybody's Everybody fine. is thrown up into the air. You see the daughter who's falling is suddenly greeted by the fact that her parents are now in free fall next to her. Everybody down yeah. below in the canyon is watching all of this commotion and action take place, evidently with a bet on what's going to happen. Well, yeah, because the shitty little kid has been taking like a lottery, like a Deadpool. Like at what point is she going to fall to her death? And whoever has that time, you win right. the pot. And so nice, nice they... Kid. You think to yourself, oh no, they're going to hit like a tree branch or they're going to like somebody's going to swoop. Yeah, get snagged on something or land on a trampoline. Uh, maybe or the glider will come back and, and grab them and save them or. It's, it's a clite. The clite, uh, yeah, I'm exactly. very sorry. The clite will come okay. and we'll, we'll pick them up. And so this will, this will be something that you're just like, wow, they end up landing safely. And they're just like, you know, we have some challenges, but you know, we're still a family and we're, we're in this situation and let's make the best of it. No, they, sure. in cartoon style, in like Looney Tunes style comedy, they, yep. in like Wile E. Coyote, fall down face first and smash into the bottom of this canyon. Just Nobody's dead. Nobody's dead. No, fine. Everybody's fine. Now, granted, when every single vehicle has hit this canyon floor, they've crumpled into disrepair and disuse. Like they're beyond moving from that point but the human body surprisingly resilient totally fine totally fine even the cat actually lands on like vernon who's trying to get a too small shirt on at some point and the cat's fine too which that i'm happy i'm happy for at least but it's like there were so many other things you could have done there's so much shit in the in the floor of this canyon they could have landed on an awning quicksand could have landed on a fat person they could have landed in the water like there's there's humor to be there too right if they land on a fat person or if they land on like a, a I don't know, a fucking a giant toadstool that somebody's growing in a garden. I don't care. Anything other than just smashing into the ground and being totally perfectly fine with no explanation or even like, even a joke. Even a joke. Like, like put something in there. Like, I don't know, the floor of the canyon's made of rubber. Doesn't make any fucking sense, but make a joke out of it at least. I'm very no, upset. No, I understand. I, I am too. I'm almost <laughs> at the point where I don't have words. It's, uh, I don't know. And then this whole thing kind of ends flat. 
no pun intended, <laughs> and then it, it literally ends with a with a music video for "I Want to Punch a Rainbow." So it's just like if you didn't hate everything enough, here's more things to hate. I want to leave you guys with one line that was kind of rough to hear, and this is from Norm, the supposed good guy of this series. Okay. Uh, one line that was kind of rough to hear, given the last few weeks. He says, because his wife's very violent, and then she wants to go beat up the Manderbelts, essentially. And he says, violence never yeah. solves anything, uh, except wars, boxing matches, and peaceful protests. I was just like, fuck yourself from the future, Canadian yep. cartoon. God damn it. I heard that line, and I just kind of I shook my head, because it was, it was disgusting. And it's still yeah, not funny. Yeah, none of this was funny. Like, at what point was that funny? What? 20... 20- like, I, I don't know, there's humor there somewhere, I'm sure, but it's just not, it's what not protests, here. It's anti-humor. What protests happened in 2011 to 2013 where they thought, or 2010, I guess, when this was being written, what protests were solved in a violent manner up in Canada where this was, like, a joke? And it's also, <laughs> it never feels like it's a fucking joke. No, it never feels like a joke. I don't know. Mm. I, I, I try. I mean, week to week, I try to find something redeemable about this. I like the premise. I think we fixed it. It turns into a completely different show, but I think yep. we fixed that. I like that they made a black family in charge of everything, but they screwed that up by making them complete right. dicks. Uh, that's literally uh, all I, I got. I would have loved if they could have removed and if they could have... Oh, uh, if they could have killed off the, uh, the Vern character. Uh, I thought that he... Sure. Uh, the, they even teased that, and they're, they're upset that he's the, still the alive. The subtle racism, the, the, the fact that like, he thinks it's funny to steal ether out of the EMS that's there and then and, and, and we then didn't huff even, it we didn't yeah like it, yeah. it's and then drive his like little scooter yeah. into a rock we didn't even get to meet some of the re- most reprehensible people the the two people who are in charge of like running the ambulance and stuff apparently they're like some of the worst characters on the show uh, just from like, reading wikipedia and stuff because they're very like irresponsible with their stuff and again so I don't know. you know what i could deal with terrible people i could deal with terrible people sure. being terrible people to one another if you were funny holy shit that's fine oh it's fine but that that's just our opinion i mean do you have anything else on this episode before we get to other opinions out there in the world uh, so dave and i are obviously very frustrated right now and we have (laughs) we have opinions (laughs) but guess what internet you guys have other opinions and so we are going to get into our love it or hate it segment right now and so i i'm gonna i'm gonna handle this first one for us so uh man Surprisingly enough, well, we like to go on IMDb and we like to search for uh, your 10 star as well as also your one star ratings. Surprise, surprise. There are a couple 10 star ratings for this show. What is wrong with you? Don't know. I think they're fake. I think they're Americans masquerading as Canadians. All right, so let's let's get into this. This was a... Or Russians, who knows? Probably. This is a... Not you, Oleg. Never you, Oleg. You're our buddy. So we, we have... Uh, our author here that we have, this is from uh, this is from 2012. So this is when the show was actually airing. This is uh, right. Jay Deline, uh, and it says, "Naysayers gonna say nay." Let, let that sink in. I absolutely mm-hmm. love this show. It is original, quirky, and completely one of a kind. Everyone is quick to compare it to The Simpsons or other quote similar shows. End quote. Really. If you want something like The Simpsons, you probably hate the heck out of this show. However, if you're looking for something uh, that is 
that is a little whacked and very funny in a WTF type of way, look no further. With such characters as Coma Steve and Dummy, uh, it fills my need for slapstick, wordplay, and torture, <laughs> and tortured humor, all in one slap to the face. I do hope this show is around long enough to become a cult classic. 15 cult, loving thumbs up. I don't, I don't know what that is. 10 out of 10 stars. I don't know what that 15 means. 15 cult, loving thumbs up. Ugh, I hate you. I'm confused. It's got to be an in-joke somewhere with Hopefully, the show. Yeah. But I'm sorry, but torture yeah. humor is not my thing. It's so probably a Coma Steve joke that he made, you know, in episode <clears throat> two. Shut up. <laughs> All right. So somebody who's more in line with what our thoughts are probably <laughs> going to be. We have to go to Rectangular <laughs> Businessman from Peru. This was also from 2012. I love that name. This is also from 2012 when the show was on. Uh, it's titled Awful in Every Possible Way. However, this review may contain spoilers, so if you guys oh, really care about oh that. Oh my god, at least he put the, at least oh, he put the, at least he put the warning. He did, he's, he's very yeah, conscientious rectangular businessman. Peruvian rectangular businessman. <clears throat> Words fail to describe how awful this cartoon is. While at first sight it seems just like a bad family guy ripoff, the truth is that this cartoon is much worse than that. Not only the animation is extremely poor and unappealing, with robotic movements, lack of expressions in the faces of the characters, a horrible colorization, and ugly designs, but also the plot is incredibly boring and dull. The show fails at being <laughs> funny. I saw a couple of episodes, and none of the jokes made me laugh or even chuckle. The bad thing is that Dumb Series is not only funny and boring, but also incredibly annoying as well, having many unlikable and cliched characters devoid of any interesting quality about them. Crash Canyon could be one of the worst cartoons that I've seen in my whole life. Avoid it like the plague. <laughs> I would rate it with zero stars if I could. One out of ten stars. <laughs> Peruvian rectangular businessman Nailed is my it. hero. And my spirit Nailed animal. It. Good job, guy. Good job, guy. All right, buddy. It's time for our recommendations. So, do you recommend Crash Canyon? If not, does it get the dip? Which means it is erased from existence all for right. all time. Uh... And, and as a reminder, we need to get a majority in order to actually have the dip be applicable for this. Yeah, so if it's a split decision, Correct. it doesn't get dip. Uh, I'm not going to recommend this show uh, at, okay. I, at all. This was, we've talked about this again, interesting, interesting plot and, and setup for this. Terrible execution. Jokes are not funny. They don't seem original. It seems like they were trying to go for maybe you know, as we mentioned, like Andrew Dice Clay shock humor from the 80s. But none of these right. none of these stereotypes or none of these characters were, were interesting. And I, I think it's really hard because at some point you want to like some of these characters like you want to in any right. show. I'm not saying in Crash Canyon. I'm saying if you're watching something, you want to have empathy for a character. At some point you want to attach yourself to that person. So you have somebody to root for somebody, one person. And, and, and this is what's hard, is that I, I found myself attaching somewhat to Norman and, and him being a lovable character, but he is surrounded by 25 other garbage individuals in this right. canyon, including his family, yeah. and they all are so unbelievably self-absorbed and self-centered in terms of what they're doing. And trust me, look, I'm a selfish human being. I have no problem saying that. Sure. I think that being selfish sometimes is very, very helpful to an individual. but. And healthy, and healthy, but, but yeah. these people in this cartoon, nothing ingratiates them to the viewer in any way, shape, or form. And that's, that's, a hard, that's a hard 
realization to have that Norman has to carry this show. And I think it's unfair. I, I, I do not recommend this. And I also give this the dip. Ooh, this sucker's about to oh! get How you feeling? I don't recommend it. It's probably, I said this a couple weeks ago. I did not think I'd be saying this again. This is the hardest I've ever wanted to dip a show <laughs> so far. This is like, NASCAR Racers was just like stupid and poorly executed. Definitely dip worthy. This is dip worthy in like an aggressive mm. way, like an assertive way. Like it went out of its way to just be like, someday someone's going to erase this from history. And we want them, we want to earn it. So congratulations, you've earned this. Uh, Canadian listeners, if this is one of your, like, if you liked it or think we're being too harsh on it, tell us an episode to watch. Tell us something that's worthwhile about this and maybe we'll check it out again. Probably not. But, you know, we're, we're toying with the idea of giving you guys kind of a golden ticket to bring something back from the dip zone. Oh, and then in terms of bringing things back to the dip zone, if you are in Canada and you're listening to this and you worked on this show and this was something where you thought to yourself, man, I loved working on this show. I wrote some of these jokes that you don't find funny. Come on this show and chat with us about this because we, we want to understand your intent, your process, and how you put this together to create such a terrible steaming pile what a, what a welcome. I mean, we'll, 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 or, we'll or be polite. We'll be polite. But if they've, if yeah, they've listened to this polite. episode, I think that they, they understand. <laughs> they've made it this far. Yeah. But it's like, look, if you want to come on and just explain like the Canadian only jokes, great. We love it. Because there's probably something there that it's like, okay, cool. I didn't know that. And I can see how that would be funny to people who are familiar with that. However, when it's a show made for humans, and even like a human level of comedy is not reached, <laughs> Or even a human level of just, like, execution throughout the plot. Like, I don't know, maybe don't introduce interesting characters and then never fucking show them again for the rest of this show? Like, simple stuff, guys. Inconceivable. Simple stuff. Inconceivable. So, yeah, open invitation for you to just get grilled on an upcoming but we'll episode be, of But we'll show. be polite. But, we'll let you... We'll let you... Yeah, totally. We'll, we will listen. We will listen to you. Look, I'll, I'll say this in closing before we get to our wrap-up here. We have yet to make a cartoon that actually made it right. on the air. So guess what, guys? Congratulations. You had an idea. You executed it. I think it's shite. <laughs> but the fact that you did it is awesome. impressive. And it's something that we aspire to. And honestly, and this is kind of a backhanded compliment, but like you need things like this in order to be able to measure the success and the quality of other Agreed. shows. So that's it. That's all I got for Crash Canyon. Never, Never want to watch it again. again. This has been dipped. dipped. All right, buddy, what do you got going on in the next couple of weeks? Guys, as always, I do live improv comedy in Washington, D.C. with a group that is called Knox. That's N-O-X exclamation point. You can check out tickets, times, and shows with DC.org. And I'm always on the grams and the chirp chirps at Sean Paul Ellis. Fantastic. Uh, is this still, are you still got your improv fest going on? Or did I just screw that? It will, uh, when we will have released this, it will have just ended. Oh, uh, sorry, guys, you missed it. Yeah. That's Sign okay. up for next year. There will be District Improv 6 coming out next year. 2018. 2018. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Also Thursday, Friday, Saturday. <laughs> That's accurate. Yes, thank yep. you. <laughs> uh, as for me, you can find me on Twitter at DrClawMD. You can also check my work out on Collider.com, Nerdist.com, and DaveTrumbor.com. If you want to find out more about this particular show right here, we'd love it if you head on over to our Patreon page, Patreon.com slash Saturday Morning Cartoons. Remember, it's morning with a U. You can also find us on Twitter at Morning Tunes. 
take a look at our website, SaturdayMorningCartoons.com. Check out Sean's handiwork on our Instagram page. Keep the conversation going on Facebook and listen to our free audio podcast each and every week through YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. If you're Canadian or you're just mad about it, drop us an email, SaturdayMorningCartoons at gmail.com. Guess what? Next time on Saturday Morning Cartoons, more effing Canadian stuff. Gonna be great. <laughs> I mean, I hope it's gonna be great. I, I almost want to. I almost want to close out this episode by saying, uh, giving a shout out to my my buddy yeah. up in Canada, Pete Corsi, because as I was watching this tonight, I had to message him and just be like, "Did you ever watch the cartoon Crash Canyon? It's a Canadian cartoon, 2013 to t- or 2011 to 2013. Yeah. Ring a bell? Uh, I've not gotten. A, I've not gotten a text message back from Pete. So Pete." Defend yourself, buddy. Yeah. Follow up next week. See if we hear back from Pete or if he's just going to hide his face in poutine and shame. It could be the adventures of Pete and Pete. No, we can't. We need no, two Pete's. Well, we need well, two Pete's. Ugh. We'll find another Pete. Canadian Pete. Nice. <gasps> Canadian Pete and American Pete. That'd be fun. Oh, that'd be a fun, that'd be a fun team up. Yeah. We're going to set that up for next week. But Got until it. then, this has been Saturday Morning Cartoons. Thank you guys so much for listening. See you next time. Hey, everybody. Thanks a lot for listening to Saturday Morning Cartoons. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to transform and roll out.